Two Broke Chicks is recorded on Gadigal land of the Eora Nation. We acknowledge Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples as the traditional custodians of our land. Always was, always will be. Hey Chicks, I'm Sal. And I'm Al. And this is Two Broke Chicks, the show that shares life lessons because we may be broke sometimes, but rich in life. And today we're back with books to read in your 20s. But today we're going to mix it up with... You know, a couple of fiction and non-fiction mm-hmm. recs. I think every week I get asked, like, for the very smart book recs. Yeah. So I'm finally going to share some of my tried and true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's good because Alex and I, while being the same person and we're both big fantasy lovers, we also have incredibly different mm. book taste. So I feel like no matter what your inclination, there'll be a book in these wrecks for you. Yeah, 100%. Before we get into it, we'd love to start these episodes with a product recommendation of the week. So what have you got for me, Aliandra? Okay. I feel like my product rec is a bit rogue. My favourite. Um, but it's Vaso. Vaseline, baby. Vaseline. I just, I feel like I hadn't used Vaseline since I was like a kid. Yeah. And then <laughs> recently... Vaseline has just been my fucking lord and saviour. What are you using it for? Because okay, I know it has so multi-purpose. It came back into my life when I got chemical burns on the bottom of my feet from washing my shower. Throwback to anybody yeah. who remembers that. Shout out. Right. You're a real one. So I had to literally Vaseline my feet. Uh, yeah, that's and right. And then put them in socks to sleep in. Mm. But I've kind of kept doing it. <laughs> Not, like, wait, the foot thing? Yeah. My feet are so nice and soft and beautiful now. Wow, I have to give them like, a feel. Fuck milky foot. Just Vaseline your feet. I'm Not just saying. Foot. Yeah, oh, my God. One time I saw, like, Sal literally shed her skin. I took my sock off and my whole foot came off with yeah. it. Let's say that. It was yeah. so fucked. Yeah. It was giving viper. So, like, if you want to have soft feet and save money and you don't want to go get a pedicure, I reckon just put some Vaseline on your feet and then put some socks on maybe once a week. That's not actually why this is my recommendation. Not just about fucking foot shit. But <laughs> I have, like, just been using it as, like, a lip balm or, like, mm. I put it over the top of my lips whenever I do, like, a liner and a lip tint Bit and a gloss. vaso over the top. Mm. The best. It's good for, like, your nail cuticles and stuff too, isn't it? Oh, I'll start doing that too. Yeah. I just think it's cool. And then if ever there's, like, a little extra spot, Mm. bit of Vaseline on it. I'm becoming the, like, the Greek dad in (laughs) my big fat Greek wedding when he's like, put some Windex on it. I'm like, put some Vaseline on Mm. it. It fixes everything. That's me with pawpaw ointment. Mm. It's like my go-to for everything. See, I know someone that got dependent on pawpaw ointment. Like they they had like one of those like intolerances because they used it too much. Oh, shit. And so then when they stopped using it, their lips were like dry as fuck. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I probably don't use it that often. Yeah, but they were like a, you know know. that person that's like always whipping out their (laughs) And they always have like the mouth of a cat's bum. Yeah, and they're there and they're like fucking like fingering their (laughs) mouth hole. What's with that? I don't know. I hate it. (laughs) Anyway. Or like when guys have like a chapstick and they're like, Fucking hell. I wish I could say that. (laughs) Yeah, instant ick. You should ask before you do that. Yeah, I saw that against my will. Yeah, literally. (laughs) Literally. Okay, my product recommendation is something that Al and I both 
back mm -hmm. and it's the Tina jeans from Mesh Gear. They're $109. So like pretty affordable when it comes to denim, really. They're 100% cotton and they're just some of the most comfortable jeans I've ever worn. We were gifted them because we worked with them for like a Black Friday campaign. Mm. But I reckon we've both worn these jeans a combined times of like maybe 482. Yeah, maybe 601. Yeah, yeah, true, yeah. true, true. I forgot last weekend when we wore them 200 times. Yeah, yep. but Mass. yeah, and we always get chicks like sliding into our DMs whenever we are Being wearing like, them. like, hey, you look really good. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, girl, you how do you fit all that in them jeans? And I'm like, Renee, rap, please <laughs> message me. <laughs> I love you. I love you. All right. They're also really good because they don't, and this is might be a deal breaker for some people, mm. the fly is buttons, not yeah. a zip. But I actually like that because you don't, I don't really feel like you get like the denim boner. I feel with like buttons. yeah, you don't get because it like the, kind of flows the a bit genus. more. Yeah, and also I just feel like it's more sturdy. Mm. I feel I've had like so many flies break. It on is me. annoying when you've had a few drinks though, and you're trying to like do the buttons yeah. up. And there's just been times that I'm not gonna lie, I've just done the top, and I was <laughs> yeah. like, because I'm like, once I've started drinking and I peed, I'm gonna be back here in like ten minutes yeah, again. Yeah, the bladder of a pee. I'm like, who's gonna know? They're not Everyone, gonna know. they're like, your flyers are open. I'm like, get over it. <laughs> That's my pood. <laughs> it's my pood. Yeah. Okay. Like, what's the thing? It was like, release the nipple. Yeah, free the nipple. Free the nipple. Free, free, the, free, pen. free the belly button. <laughs> oh, I hate that. Anyway, let's get into our book wrecks. Okay. <laughs> now that I've been body shamed. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we wanted to get into some more affordable ways to read books before we get into our book recs because books can be expensive when you're, like, churning through them. If mm. you buy a book and that's your book for, like, the next three months, then, you know, it's going to be, like, $10 a month, not that expensive. However, if you're, like, Sal and I and you just, like, absolutely froth reading books and you churn through them, if you read, like, four books a month, that's, like, $120. Yeah, that's you know? a lot. So it can be a little bit expensive. So a way that you can read books in a more affordable way that might encourage you to read books too, my top tip is just to get a Kindle. Like, these are an outright expense. However... They're going to save you money in the long run. Not only can you sign up to Kindle Unlimited, which is a subscription that means you get access to hundreds of books for free, but there are also Stuff Your Kindle Days. So Stuff Your Kindle Days are a day that you can have an unlimited access to ebooks and you, for free. And That's you just cool. get free books. And it will be like themed. Ooh. So recently there was one for like mystery crime and there'll be one for like yeah. romance and smart. <laughs> that's my day that is my birthday yeah <laughs> literally and I think there's like four of them a year so I tried to look up when the next one is but I couldn't find it because one just happened so mm. I'm sure there will be one in a couple months so definitely keep your eye out for that yeah and then another tip is for Spotify premium members. We have mentioned this, but you can listen to available audiobooks for free, which is very helpful for self-help books because I kind of find them really hard to read sometimes unless I'm in the right mood. Mm. Whereas when I'm listening to an audiobook that's like a self-help book or a nonfiction book, it's kind of like I'm listening to a really long podcast. Yeah, for sure. So those are my tips. There's like a certain amount of hours you get with the free books on premium. Yeah. But again, I've never hit the limit. Yeah, me the neither. The limit does not exist. It the does. It does, does not exist. exist. <laughs> but yeah, I've never hit it. Yeah, me neither. And I often fall asleep to audiobooks. Yeah. So. Do you know what? Last night I was listening to my thunderstorms, mm. and then in the middle, I've woken up to an ad in the middle of this podcast. And do you know what? I respect the fact that they are 
getting paid for yes. this amazing podcast that they've created. It's like the one thing that goes for like eight hours. It's just thunderstorms. But at least just put it at the start. I was going to say start and end. Because I woke up and I was fucking getting sold a bank. <laughs> and I you was woke like, up and you were like in your sleep signing up? Yeah, I've like got a fucking $20,000 credit card now <laughs> like from my sleep. And I was like, hold on. How That's marketing happen? in 2024. Literally, it's <laughs> like that episode of The Simpsons. Yes. Where he gets like the, yeah, the tapes. tapes. Yeah. yeah, and it's to lose weight, but he accidentally gets one that's to extend his vocabulary. Yeah. I love that. That Yeah, so anyway, <laughs> maybe I'll like have a career switch to banking now. Oh, God. Yeah, so fun. <laughs> I want that for you, Al. Okay, so some more affordable tips to access books. So we've obviously spoken about libraries extensively in the past, Mm. but if you are more of a physical book girly, go to a book fair. There are so many that come up throughout the year and they're a great place to pick up secondhand books Mm. for really, really cheap prices. Some of the larger book fairs include Lifeline's Giant Book Fair and the profits go to Lifeline, which is incredible. And then there's also Book Fair Australia, but just Google Book Fair near me Mm. and you'll find one that's in your local area and when it's coming up because there's also like lots of little ones or ones organised by local councils and stuff and I fucking love a good book fair. Yeah, there's always going to be one about some like Scottish rogue Highlander Uh that like sweeps you off your feet and I'm like, okay. Yeah. Let's go. It's also a great place to pick up like coffee table books for really cheap mm. as well because those usually go for like over $100. So that's Love one a good tip. coffee table book. Yeah. Never and then, read one of them, but I look at them a lot. Yeah. I've never read a coffee table book in my life. I know you have. Yeah. But I like to look at them. I'll have a little flick. That's what they're Do you there know what? for. That's a lie. I read the Humans of New York coffee table book once. Oh, yeah. That one's good. Yeah. yeah we but need other one. than that, not many. That's okay. I don't think many people do. They're more to look at. Yeah. Or the ones that have dogs in them I do look at. Yeah, cute. And then my other tip is street libraries. So you've probably seen these pop up. I feel like they've become like more common, especially since COVID. It was like Mm. a cute thing that people were doing to try and like create community when everybody was stuck at home. But if you don't know what it is, it's basically like a free neighborhood book exchange system. And it's like those bookshelf boxes yeah, that you'll you've see. Yeah, definitely seen them. They're like a little hole in the wall sometimes. Yeah, or it almost looks like a little birdhouse with yes. books in it kind of thing. Like I was trying to, I was like writing this do down. I, I was like, how do I explain this? this? But I'm sure you've seen it. But if you don't know how it works, basically you can, they're filled with books that people just like donate from the community and you can take a book and then when you're done, you can either pop it back or you can give it to a friend. Mm. It's sort of like an honesty system. And there are thousands around Australia. So go to streetlibrary.org.au and you can find a local one near you. Slay. Slay. All right, let's get into our book recs, let's shall go. we? Okay, we're going to start with non-fiction and then we'll get into fiction. So we'll start with the smart stuff first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My first books to read in your 20s is Bite Back by Hannah Ferguson. If you don't know already, we are Hannah's number one and number two fans. Mm-hmm. But like at equal. If equals. Hannah has no fans, we're, <laughs> we're dead. dead. Literally. <laughs> and honestly, you probably have heard of her because she's the founder of Cheek Media. And this book is basically an extension of Cheek and the six content pillars that she covers all the way from sex and relationships to politics. And I know that a lot of chicks might not necessarily hear the word politics and think, mm, that sounds fun. Mm, page turner. But I think it's really interesting the way that Hannah talks about it because she she shares how it's on purpose that politics aren't made to be fun to be talked about. Yes, it's supposed to about. exclude people. Yeah, it's, it's made boring on purpose to exclude us and 
kind of exclude us from the conversation because we maybe don't feel as confident to include ourselves within that. And so what I really love about this book is that it's not telling you how to feel. It's not telling you what to think. It's not telling you here's the script to go in and argue with a person. It's kind of giving you the tools to ask yourself the question and be like, okay, now I understand how do I feel about that. Yeah. And that's something that I really love. And I was also, when I was doing the research for this episode, learnt that Bite Back wasn't the original title. What was the original? This is How We Fix It. Oh, but I, I love, love that too. I, like I love both too. of them. I like it too, but I just think Bite Back really encapsulates, you know, what Hannah achieved with this book. Mm. And I don't think you could walk away from reading this book without being better for it. Like yeah. you will walk away not only smarter but like more open to more challenging conversations, which I think are very scary. I think we're very scared of politics and, you know, feminism and Mm -hmm. all that stuff because you can, you're like, I don't want to get trapped in someone being like, well, what do you know about this? And you're like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And I think she really welcomes the ability to expand your knowledge but also encourages you to be wrong, Mm -hmm. which is really good. Like that's what everyone needs in their 20s because no one fucking knows anything. Yeah, or you can't know everything about every single topic and that's so fine. When you're in your 20s, you're like, "Mm, I'm just here for the the booze and the fun. Also, newsflash, I'm 30 and I also don't know what's going on. Yeah. So it doesn't really get better. So I think it just really <laughs> makes you feel a bit more comfortable to be who you are and then gives you the motivation to equip yourself with more knowledge in these spaces, which is really incredible. Also, Hannah is really funny. Like this book is hilarious in the way that she writes. It's so entertaining. It's so well written. And the amount of giggles I had along the way, which is yeah. 10 out of 10. You'll She's learn really something funny. and have a laugh. Yeah. Yeah, we love Hannah. Okay, my first pick for books to read in your 20s is Property with She's on the Money by Victoria Devine. So this book might ring a bell to you if you've listened to our episode that we did with Victoria and it was all about like buying property and buying a home in your 20s and it was in the lead up to the release of this book. So we did chat about it a little bit. But immediately after that conversation, I went out and bought this book because for me, for such a long time, like buying property was just something I never thought could ever happen to me. And I was like, it's just like, I'm just not even going to factor it in to like my mm. budget or anything. Like you'd said this to me too. You were yeah. like, yeah, well, that's a nice dream. Yeah. It was like so pessimistic and just mm. like apathetic about the whole thing. And then this conversation made me feel really empowered. And I was like, well, fuck, this was a 30 minute conversation. What could the book be like? Yeah. So I picked it up and it is incredible. Like Victoria is just a genius. So it's her third book in like her She's on the Money installments, but it's the ultimate guide to getting into property. And it covers basically everything from like the psychological like money mindset figuring out why you want property or why you think you want property and if that's actually something that you want to do to also super practical tips like how to save for the deposit or the people that you need to speak to before even considering going into buying a home or investment property or whatever it is you want to do like interest rates mortgages like literally every step of the Mm. process so I feel like no matter what your education level in this you will get something out of this book and I think that again sort of similar to Hannah's like point about politics really excluding people. I feel the same thing about 
like finance, especially for women. Mm. It's just like a conversation that we're not really encouraged to get involved in. And I think a lot of us bury our heads in the sand because it is really scary. But this book helps make it less scary. And I wish that I read this book in my early 20s because mm. I feel like it just would have made me feel less scared and just like more excited about the prospect yeah. of potentially eventually owning a home. But I think that is more relatable. Yeah. I think everyone probably felt that way. When you're 20, you're not like, okay. Um, do you know what? There are people, definitely. But I think a very strong majority of people in their 20s are not sitting there thinking like, all right, time to save for an apartment. Yeah. I think vast majority have probably felt the way you felt. Yeah. And then have hit their 20s and it's like, okay, what are my values? What do I want? Yeah. And you've had that experience of like your rent going up and you're like, I am fucking yeah. sick of paying off someone's mortgage. Yeah. And the instability of that. Yeah. Yeah. But as we've also heard on the podcast, buying a house isn't always all it's cracked up to be too. Exactly. So it's, like, it's really good to equip yourself with all the knowledge and what your values are because yeah. that's also not some people's like priority. Yeah. Or you think that it is, but yeah. it's actually not when yeah. you really like get down to the roots of why you think that you want it, which is covered in this book as well, which, yeah, yeah is I kind of just want to like email my landlord and just be like, can I have it? Yeah. My birthday's on the 19th of April. <laughs> We're turning 28. Very nice birthday. Yeah. Could be a nice present. Yeah. I like it. Good karma for you. I'm nice little girl. Yeah, she's just the baby. Can I have it? <laughs> yeah. Perfect. I'm like that meme. Was that? Do you remember that YouTube video of the guy and he's like, Yvonne, that's a French ass name, Yvonne. <laughs> My little croissant. Can I have your apartment? <laughs> Can I have it? Can I have Can it? Can I have it, please? Oh, I just spat. Sorry. Did you like it? I'll do it again. <laughs> Fucking oh, hell. Enough. Enough. Move on, Alex. Next one. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here, you fly dog. Okay. <laughs> Hi. She's back. She's back. Hi. <laughs> Okay, so my next pick is a book that isn't out yet, but it is available for pre-order from one of my, like, favourite people on the internet because <laughs> she just makes me feel really happy. Yeah. And it's Florence Given's new book, Women Living Deliciously. So I've been obsessed with this whole, like, living deliciously term that she coined mm -hmm. ever since she came up with a podcast episode on it and has just, like, spoken about it on her podcast as well. And it's basically about centering yourself back to, like the little things that just make you happy that we kind of lose as we get older. Yeah. Like the things that when you're a little girl you'd get really excited over if it was like getting one of the giant like pythons after swimming and you're like, fuck yeah. Yum. Right. <sighs> Sorry. So I'm going to read you the, <laughs> read you the blurb while Sal's having an orgasm. <laughs> All right. Just keep it down for me, would you, yeah. Sal? <laughs> <laughs> God, they're yum. Imagine if that was actually how you came and you're just like. <laughs> that would make sense, like being so loud in every other situation yeah. and then the bedroom. I'm like. <laughs> there was a movie that was like that. I can't remember what it was, but the movie intro was like the guy having like a lot of sex and it was like all the different like yeah. a compilation of all the different women orgasms. It wasn't porn, I swear. It was like actually a rom-com. <laughs> and there was just one and then she just finished. She goes, I just came. And I was like, remind me of that. And there's no other words. Anyway. Anyway. Moving on. The blurb of Florence Given's new book, Women Living Deliciously. Florence Given wants us to fall in love with our lives. It will help women uncover the sense of awe and wonder that has been buried by the layers of shame, perfectionism, and self-objectification that gets piled on us by the patriarchy. For too long, we have internalized the belief that our bodies are things to be looked at instead of lived in, mm. that it 
that it's embarrassing to fully express ourselves, that we cannot trust the parts of ourselves that are so full of desire. This book will unpack the many barriers women face when trying to access joy so that they can discover the delicious life that's theirs for the taking. I love that. I'm so excited to read this book. Oh, I actually think this will be my Bible. I think so too. You know Sacred how text. like Catholics were really excited for the Bible? This is, I'm, I'm that for Florence Gibbons' <laughs> new book, Women Living Deliciously. Bigger than the Bible. Yeah, you know how like guys had like Wolf of Wall Street? Yeah. This is my Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> this is your barefoot investor. Yes. <laughs> like I just can't wait. For it because I definitely think we do lose excitement for like the little things and mm. when we kind of get taught as like be grateful and practice gratitude we can do that and I do try to do that but sometimes I'm like that's exhausting and sometimes I'm not grateful mm. that sometimes it is really just a, helpful to have a mind shift of a positive person or just someone really helping to kind of put the wire in the right socket yeah. in your brain. And I just really feel like Florence does that in a way that you're excited to do that. You're yeah. excited to be like, do you know what? Fuck yeah. I'm excited for this day. Like in her podcast episode, she talks about the simplicity of matching her nails to her hair because she's got pink hair. Yeah, I love that. And I'm just like, yeah, like why – why don't we get excited for shit like that anymore? And, like, I don't know, I'm the biggest culprit of shit like this. I walk in and I'm like, yeah, put it in neutral, please. Yeah. And I'm like, no, like, get a fucking fun colour on your nails. Yeah. Or whatever it is. But, yeah, I'm really excited for this book. Oh, <laughs> uh, Alex had a little, little tootsies kicking up. That's That really shows us that she's excited. Also, another thing about Florence Given <laughs> is that you just know that the book cover is going to be sexy oh my as. Yes. And she's just sexy as. Yeah. I have a crush on her. Yeah. So it's going to look hot on your bookshelf yeah. at the very least. If the name <laughs> rings a bell, it's because she's also the author that wrote Women Don't Owe You Pretty. So she's yeah. just a badass. She's just the badass. And her nickname is Flossie, which I just love too. Flossie. I no. love it. <laughs> no, you ruined it. Sorry. <laughs> anyway. Okay. My next pick for books to read in your 20s. Moving on to fiction mm -hmm. is Carrie Soto is back by Taylor Jenkins Reid. So I'm a basic bitch. I love Taylor Jenkins mm -hmm. Reid. There's like, I love all of her books. So like Daisy Jones and the Six or mm. yeah, like the Seven <laughs> Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, mm -hmm. Malibu Rising. They're just so easy to yeah. read and also really nostalgic. And of all the books that I've read so far, they always have a female lead. So this is one of her latest books. So Carrie Soto is back, is about a former champion tennis player who comes out of retirement to be coached by her dad for one last attempt to reclaim her record. Ooh. So, yeah, like gripping immediately just from that blurb. I fucking love tennis. Like I've never played it, but just, yeah. just like it's exciting. Yeah. into it. Yeah, but the book isn't really about Never mind. Tennis. <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is it's heavily about tennis, yeah. right? The whole thing is yeah. about her, like, reclaiming her <laughs> record. So if you're into tennis, you'll love this book. But okay. if you don't give a fuck about tennis or sport in general, you will also yeah. love this book. Because while it, sure, it's about tennis, but really it's about, like, family and relationships. Okay. Ego and ambition. Is there any romance? I don't want to give away anything. Is there any romance? But like, oh my god, is it the coach? Is it her coach? Her coach is her dad. Oh, <laughs> so no. Oh, <laughs> so no. But oh. you know, it is. Where does of, it say that? Oh, and is coached by her dad. Yeah, yep, you did yep, say yep, yep. that. Um, Look, but anyway, you know what? Could be Game of Thrones inspired. 
Yeah, you never know. No, you never know. It was said Plot in, twist. It, it's said in the 90s, so incest was definitely um, <laughs> not in the zeitgeist at the time. <sighs> but anyway, so, yeah, there is some romance, but it's sort of like balancing romance versus ambition, especially as a woman because, mm. you know, a lot of people are expected to give up their ambitions and career for, you know, a partner and family. So there's stuff about that and also just like feeling like you're being sent out to pasture if you're a woman over the age of 25. Yeah. And, yeah, like all of Taylor Jenkins Reid's books, it is – nostalgic it's really well written and it's an absolute page turner like it's so easy to read I'm pretty sure I read this book in like two days so good yeah so it's so so good and yeah if you love any of her other books you will love this book it's really really good vibey Mm -hmm. okay and she doesn't fuck her dad she does not just to confirm yeah in case anyone was gonna buy it for that reason (laughs) yeah if you like alert she doesn't fuck her dad (laughs) (laughs) if you liked the film king richard yeah that's what i was thinking william sisters you will love this i loved that sal and i watched that on the plane to america so fucking side note the the movies that you watch on a plane just get put on like a different tier Mm. because like i'm so excited to be going on holiday that i'm in such a good mood when i'm watching these movies that like it could be the most like 15% 15% on Rotten Tomatoes dog shit movie. But to me, 10 out of 10, give it an Oscar. Yeah, fully. Like I'm in the vibe being like, perfect, yeah. amazing, keep it up. <laughs> yeah. So any movie that I've watched on a plane on a holiday, I'm like, I love that movie. Yeah. Don't remember what happened though. <laughs> okay. My fiction pick. I actually would just be doing a disservice if I didn't say this was my favourite book because it is and it's very <laughs> obvious. But it's any book by Sarah J Mass and – She is just a fucking genius of an author. Like the way that she's like an unreliable narrator is just incredible because it means that the plot twists you get, like when you're reading from the protagonist or the character's perspective, she doesn't give it all away. Mm. So that way later in the book she just like rips the carpet out from under you and she's like, surprise. Yeah. And you're like, holy shit, I never even saw that coming. And I – Pride myself on always being able to pick a plot twist that, like, Sal has actually told me I'm not allowed to tell her what I think they are in movies anymore. I tell her to write them down in her notes app and then at the end of the film she can show me for bragging rights. Yeah. So to not ruin the experience. Yeah, because the amount of times that I'm actually right on the plot twist and it ruins the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So that's also a brag. But (laughs) Sarah has written Throne of Glass. I love how I say it like we're best friends. I feel that way. (laughs) Akatar and Crescent City. So Akatar is like the viral book of books on book talk. Mm -hmm. However, Throne of Glass is slept on and Throne of Glass is better than Akatar. I don't give a shit what you think. Like I don't care. Mm -hmm. Akatar I'm obsessed with. Akatar is an 11 out of 10. But Throne of Glass, the, may, the way it made me want to, like, rip out my heart, step on it, put it on fire, and then, like, never enter the world again, <laughs> like the real world, was unfathomable. There's seven books, and I was reading this from when I was, like, a teen when it first came out to, like, when I was in 21, I think, and the last book came out. And the way that I didn't finish the last 100 pages for for weeks. That's like some crazy willpower. But it was because I couldn't say goodbye. Mm. I was like, this is the last book and I haven't finished Crescent City 3, so if anyone knows anything, don't fucking say shit, please. Yeah, this whole episode is a no-spoiler zone. We expect the same for the comments, please. Yeah, because if you're on BookTok, we all know we just don't talk about Crescent City because the spoilers are wild. Yeah. But, yeah, Throne of Glass was just the best book 
experience of my life and I actually constantly cry about the fact that I will never be able to read it for the first time again. Mm. And just the feeling of it, the way it makes you feel is amazing. The plot twists are amazing. It does have some romance but it's not like front and centre. Like there's some steamy bits, which you know I love, <laughs> but Akatar's definitely steamier and then I would say Crescent City is kind of in like the middle of that. So I love all of them, but Throne of Glass, if you haven't read it, I see people always saying, like, should I read it? I don't know. It was really hard to get into. The first two books aren't necessarily my favourite, but they're good for world building. But book three is where it gets shit. Mm. Yeah. I feel like that is the case with a lot of fantasy books that are more than three. Yeah. Like, you just have to have that world building in the first two books. Yeah. Four things to make sense in, like, the seventh book that will blow your fucking mind. It's oh. like a little detail that you read eight years ago and now you're like, oh, my God, it all ends up in, like, a neat little package. It's just this. I don't understand how she does it. Like, how do you how plan do you remember this? all the details? Yeah. Yeah. Like, how do you – like, do you backtrack anyway? However, because I do feel like – Quite a lot of people probably have read those. I want to give you some other fantasy book recommendations if you want to read more. So my probably top four other than a Sarah J Mass fantasy smart experience <laughs> is if you like these and if you like Sarah J Mass, you will 100% love Fourth Wing. It also went viral on TikTok and I consumed this in like three days and I was like, holy shit. And I think it's probably the book that has been the closest to how much I like Sarah J. Mass and Akatar and Throne of Glass. The next one is Kingdom of the Wicked. I've talked about this before, and it's basically based on the basically based, and it is based on the seven deadly sins as like demons, Hot. as like sexy demons. Smash. Yeah, and it's like set in Italy. So when she was like talking about food, I was like, yum. Wow, this book yeah. has it all. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, pasta, porn, demons, <laughs> sex. Sounds like a Friday night. Literally, I was like, <laughs> I'm really happy right now <laughs> while I was reading it. The next is The Book of Azrael. And the reason I really like this book is because in a lot of enemies to lovers, which is my favourite trope, <laughs> the male is like the enemy or like the villain, whereas in this book so true. the woman is like the protagonist is the villain. Um, and you kind of read it from both her perspective and the love interest. Um, and I just like that she's a bit of a bit of a rogue woman. She's mm. the villain. I love the villain. And then last one is House of Blood and Ash. Now, with this, I will say I really liked the first book, churned through the first book. Second book, I was like, mm, okay, getting a bit slow. Yeah. Third book, I kind of fell off it. However, there have been people that absolutely adore the series. So I think maybe that's just me. Like that yeah. might just be a me thing. But I really loved the first book and then I kind of fell off in the third book. But I would still actually recommend reading the first book because I did really like that. And then I think it's just up to you on what you like. I'm watching but anyway, like. that's me. <laughs> that's me. Okay, my next pick for books to read in your 20s, also another fiction pick. And that is Good Material by Dolly Alderton. So if you recognize that name, she's the author of Ghosts and Everything I Know About Love. And as you might expect, Good Material is really funny, just like all of her other books, but it's also incredibly sad. And it's sort of about like relationships, heartbreak, friendship, and also just like navigating who you end up being as an adult. And the story is set following a breakup and it's told largely from the perspective of the ex-boyfriend Andy which 
I I think that's what drew me to the book because mm. usually this sort of book that I would read would be from the perspective of the woman mm. if it's about a hetero relationship. And Andy is like your stereotypical man child. He's an amateur comedian. Oh, yeah, sorry. who just like has the emotional intelligence range of a teaspoon and is so fucking infuriating. I think I know who Andy was based on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the book sort of follows him as he's trying to like solve the puzzle of why his ex girlfriend, Jen, who initially was obsessed with him and the one who was chasing him ends up breaking up with him. That sounds very interesting. Yeah, and like this thing called the flip. So he realises in the relationship at some point the dynamic changed where she was the one always chasing him and he could sort of do no wrong. Did she find someone else? Oh, the way around. I think I don't want to give up spoiler, but I think she found herself Yeah, is, is sort of what happens. But I don't want to give up too much what happens in the book, no spoilers, like we said, but I think it's just a. there's so many good parts of this book. Like it is really funny. It's really easy to read. It will most likely make you cry. So it's sort of like a stark reminder of the dynamics, especially in hetero relationships and the emotional load and like almost caretaker roles that women often take on like almost becoming their partner's mum mm. and how that become, can become really, really suffocating. But it's also a really powerful reminder that it is more freeing to be alone than to be shackled to someone who doesn't fulfil you. And I think the thing about Andy is that he's not like a toxic person. No. He doesn't cheat on her. He doesn't do anything like particularly evil and that's what makes it so relatable, I, I think, and even yeah. more sad. Yeah. I think, like, you can be toxic, similar to, like, that weaponized incompetence thing. Yes. Where it's, like, sure, you haven't done anything, like, specifically wrong, but, like, let's be honest, like, cheating, that's, like, the whole other end of the spectrum. Yeah. Like, that's, like, full throttle. Whereas, like, you can be toxic with just, like, being incompetent yeah. a little bit. Yeah, and taking advantage of yeah. your partner. But, yeah, and so, yeah, the majority of the book is told from Andy's perspective and then there's, like, 70 pages or so that's told from Jen's perspective where you so sort of get the other side of the story and, like, I could almost cry just, like, oh thinking God. about it now. And I haven't even been through a, a breakup. Like, so I think that's saying something. Yeah. If you have been through a breakup, you need to read this book or if you feel like you're in a relationship and you're sort of questioning the longevity of the relationship. You've goosebumps. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's got goosebumps. You need to read this book. It is so good. And one thing I will say is that Andy is so fucking insufferable that sometimes it can be hard oh, okay. to read it because you're just like, I want to just shake you. But... There are lots of really earnest and heartbreaking moments from him as well. So this isn't like a man-hating book yeah. at all. Um, but, yeah, so it's really easy to read. It will make you laugh. It will make you cry. And if you liked High Fidelity, which is like a classic book, you will like this. Ooh. I would say potentially it's like even better. Wow. That's a great review. I'm like, sign me up. Yeah. Done. You would love it. Okay. You should I'll read put it. it on the list. Um, I've got to work through my. I'm on my throne of glass reread <laughs> yeah. right now. So. That's okay. 2026. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, got 16 books. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, moving on to advice with the chicks. So, we actually had another advice with the chicks to read out, but we got this email this morning. Hot off the press. And we haven't read it, but the subject line says, Dealing with Queen Delulu, help. 
All right. And where the chicks need help. Strap in, Okay. So this is a bridesmaid horror story. Oh, God. Hi, girls. Firstly, I really hope you're reading this. Love the podcast. I need your advice. Ilias M. Thank you. Thank Love you. you right back. Okay. Into it. <laughs> I got married in November and have had issues with one of my bridesmaids all year. It started because I chose to have my hen's weekend as a weekend away. From there, it went from bad to worse. In the end, she didn't come to any of my bridal events and not only that, she made the lead up to my wedding a living hell. Fast forward to post-wedding, we met up two weeks after and we decided to take some time as we weren't seeing eye to eye. Then it was my 30th birthday, four weeks later, that she was of course invited to, but after not RSVPing, she tells me the night before that she forgot to tell me that she isn't coming. No card, no flowers, nothing, only a pretty emotionless text message. She sent me an invite to her baby shower and I told her that I won't make it and I got this reply. Oh, Hi, sorry for only getting back to you now. Thanks for letting me know. I know I didn't come to your 30th, but things were very fresh and fragile, but I still reached out and invited you to my baby shower. And it's quite disappointing as I would have thought by now you would have had enough time to move past your hard feelings towards me. It feels clear that you have no interest in continuing a friendship with me. I know if roles were reversed, I would still want to be there for you pre-birth as I would want a role in your baby's life as moments like this don't come every day. This feels very clear to me now even though it's taken a while to get to this point. Anyway, it is what it is. What I would love your opinion on is if you have a bridesmaid that doesn't go to any of your bridal events and your 30th basically ruins what would have been the happiest year and then gets angry at you for not going to her baby shower even though you haven't spoken in two months, what would you do? Please help a girl out as I feel like I'm going crazy. Thanks, B. Yow. Fuck. I feel like this is like a really sad but common scenario. Yeah. There's a lot of shit that happens, especially people lose a lot of friends as bridesmaids. Yeah. It makes me not want to have a bridesmaid like ever, but Mm -hmm. sorry, Sarah. You will be that. (laughs) Um, Honestly, I, what I feel like kind of weird about is how she feels like one event in her life is more important than her friends. Yeah. I get that having a baby is really, really big and that's a really big event. But it also doesn't take away from someone's 30th or someone's wedding. Like Mm. those are also singular events that will never happen again. Yeah. And it's not really fair to put a bigger weight behind one. Yeah. And like you hadn't spoken for two months and she kind of also admitted that she didn't go to B's 30th because of their argument. Yeah, but not then because of something else. her to go to her baby shower when they hadn't spoken for two months. If I hadn't spoken to someone for two months after a falling out, my understanding would be, kind of be that the friendship is is probably run Over. its course. Yeah. Unless there had been like a reach out before that. Being That's like, like if she say. reached out and was like, hi, I know things have been tense. Can we get a coffee before the baby shower? Gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Amazing. 
that's like a rekindling. That's like a one-on-one thing. But if you hadn't spoken for two months and you show up to a baby shower, I would feel so awkward. Yeah. I feel like there needs to be a conversation before that for you guys to resolve the issues because otherwise like the baby shower, for example, is just going to be a Band-Aid over the bullet wound that is whatever the issue is at the core of your relationship. Mm. And like this shit's only going to continue as like you have your baby shower, they have their first birthday, like and all of these things as life goes on. So I think like at this point I'm like, do you not want to go to her baby shower as revenge? Mm. Is that what that is? Was it like a... A tit for tat. Yeah. Like you didn't come to my 30th so I'm not going to go to your baby shower. Yeah. I think if that was the case, like you need to like look inward at why you thought that that was like the appropriate thing to do Mm. or is it because you don't see a future in this friendship which is so fine yeah she also said the drama started with a weekend away I wonder if that potentially came down to like money that's what I was thinking too here's my kind of perspective on all of it in terms of like weddings babies your life, you are the main character. Your wedding is so important to you. Your babies are like the biggest thing in your life. That is amazing, definitely. But no one else cares about your wedding mm. as much as you do. No one else really is going to feel that strong feeling about a baby shower as you do. People can be happy for you and people will support you, but they're not going to be spending a year planning a wedding or they're yeah. not going to be pregnant for nine months so people can't be as excited as you are and I think sometimes people want others to be just as excited for them as as they are like and it's like at the end of the day it's your wedding you be happy don't let someone else ruin that it's your baby shower don't let someone else ruin that yeah because I'm not gonna lie when I see like it just all over someone's social media I'm like oh I get it yeah like I'm happy for you but yeah having some like self-awareness yeah. in that situation and that other people have other things going on in their lives is so important. Yeah. Like, and I think will help you stress less about shit like this in yeah. the future. I do think it sounds like like the chick that wrote in, like, was just being like, this is what it is. Like, we yeah. went our separate ways and she's probably been taken a bit aback by this message Yeah, when they agreed to take time apart. Yeah. She didn't come to her 30th and then... She's like, but you didn't come to my baby shower. It's like she was waiting for her to to misstep. Yeah. To be like, this is why the friendship ended. She didn't come to my baby shower. And then yeah. all this other drama from the wedding and that's when it ended. Yeah. I would just cut your losses, to be honest. I think if friendship's this hard and you have to force it, it's shit. Yeah, exactly. And, like, this should be a moment of celebration and everything yeah. for the both of you. Yeah. And so if it has now become a source of stress and conflict, like that's not a good sign for your friendship. And it sounds like you have other amazing people in like your partner and your other friends and hopefully family and stuff in your life who can support you and not this other person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we don't really have the context for everything that happened over that year. Exactly. But like if you, if this makes you really sad, you could reach out and be like, can we please talk about this in person? Like I think we are having a massive misunderstanding. But if you truly don't believe that you will be able to see eye to eye and none of you will like, neither of you will budge from your like where you feel because at this stage one, both of you would have to be like, I see where you feel and move from like where your heels are. Yeah. And I, if you don't feel like that's going to happen and neither of you would admit any wrongdoing, mm. then 
Not saying that there is or whatever, but I think any reconciliation would have to take some movement from both parties. And if you don't feel like that's going to happen, then it's probably best to just send the text message and be like, I'm really sorry you feel that way. Um, but I think we both understand that this friendship has run its course and I wish you all best. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, chick. that's that's messy. It's really hard. And friendship hard. breakups are, are really, really hard. So yeah. we feel for you. But you got a hot partner and you had a fun wedding mm-hmm. and I'm sure you got lots of other amazing friends too. Yeah, don't let this one relationship completely derail what is still an amazing year yeah. in your life. Don't let one one person ruin like what was probably a very amazing wedding. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, Cheeky Shooks. Well, that is a wrap for today's episode of Two Broke Chooks. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having us in your ear holes. We absolutely love to be here. And if you know any fellow bookworms that would like some book recommendations or anyone that's got some bridesmaids drama, <laughs> feel free to chuck them a link to this episode or chuck it in the group chat. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we will update our Amazon storefront with all of our book recommendations yeah. from today and we'll put a link to that in and the show And some Vaseline. Yes. Bye, chicks. <laughs>